I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? Well, no, I want to. I just don't. I have this exercise. I'm going to turn you around. Okay, hands out. Okay. Do you trust me? No, I just said I don't. When I ask you, do you trust me? You say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even if I don't? Yes. Okay. It's part of the exercise. Got it. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't, don't worry about that. Uh, that's the part I'm worried about. Trust me, okay? Trust me on this, okay? Okay. Fall back. What? Fall back. Okay. Um, here we go. I'm falling back. Ooh, oh, woo! <laughs> Okay, I want you to stand over here. Okay, I want you okay. to pat your feet. All right. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Then fall back. Okay, I'm really going to do it this time. I mean, I'm serious. I'm going to do yeah. it. I'm really going to. Okay. I'm, do you here trust I go. me? Yes, here I go. I'm really going to do it. Ah! Ah! You got me, you got me. Jesus, I didn't think you were going to catch me, but you did. You yes. so did. That was awesome. Now you're ready for level two. Level two. All right, let's go, baby. Woo! Okay, I want you to turn around, face me. Oh, okay. okay. Forward, forward! No, 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 no. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Wait for the signal. Oh, that's right. The Jesus signal. Got it. Yes. Okay. Do you trust me? Oh, Jesus, I trust you so much. Let's do this. Okay. Then fall back. What? Fall back. Seriously? Yes. Jesus, as you can see, there's nobody back there. Uh, it seems that way. It is that way. Do you trust me? I can't do this. You can. You can do this. I can't do this. You can. I won't. Wow. We can go home now. You can turn me off in the back monitors too. Uh, let me just define what trust is. It says, the assured reliance on the character, ability, strength or truth of someone or something that's what trust is it's the reliant it's the assured reliance on the character ability strength or truth of someone or something usually we trust god when we can see what can happen usually we trust god when it's convenient for us we trust god when all things are going well we trust god when we control the circumstances but what about trusting God when there is the unseen, when we don't know what's going to happen, when God speaks to us and He says, do this, do we still trust in God or do we just tell Him, I don't want to? You see, trust is something we deal with every single day. Trust is something that is built up due to experience. And sometimes we trust people more than we trust God. Because we can see people. We trust our jobs more than we trust God. We trust our bank accounts and our finances more than we trust God. And we can go to, to different extremes and, and say, No, I do trust God because I, I step out in faith and I, I live my life according to trusting God. And, and, but it's, it's more like a reckless kind of living rather than an actual truth or a trust in God. That we can be on that extreme and we say, no, I trust God. Therefore, I, I did A, B, C, D. So I trust God. But it's really reckless living. Today, we want to talk about why I can trust God and why God can be trusted. Sometimes we don't trust God because certain things have happened to us. Someone let us down. Someone said something of a promise and it didn't come to pass. Uh, maybe a death of, of a loved one, a loss of a loved one, or something took place in our lives. Therefore... We take it out on God rather than the circumstance or people. And we say, God, because this happened to me, I don't trust you anymore. But we're going to learn why we can trust God. See, in order to trust someone or something, there must be some kind of track record, some kind of record of their past character or their ability or their strength or truth. That's, that's what true uh, trust is. Trust is really dependent on the character, the ability or the strength of someone or something. If we look at who God is, God in Himself gives all the reason why we can trust in Him. Usually we don't trust because of broken trust. Usually we don't trust someone because they did something to us 
Therefore, we lack the trust in them. It's kind of like if have have someone ever played a prank on you? You know, we used to do that to our mom all the time. We would hide in the closet, and then my sister would set her up. My sister would say, Mom, can you go get this from the closet? And I'd be waiting in the closet, and you can, you know, it's one of those closets that open up, and I could see right between the, the, the doors, and I would wait for my mom, and when my mom would open the door, I would scream at her, Raj, get out of You're going to give me a heart attack. You know, she would always say that. And so we would do that over and over again. After a while, I was thinking, Mom, why do you always fall for that? The same thing every time. She goes, she says this, because you're my children, I should be able to trust you. And I thought, well, you shouldn't. Because we're your children, we're going to do that to you. It's fun, mom. And sometimes we do that to one another. Sometimes you play a prank on someone, a coworker, or a friend, or don't do this to your wife. But sometimes husbands play pranks on their wives. And they scare them, or they do something, and, and they get scared. There's all kinds of YouTube videos on people playing pranks on other people. And they have millions of hits because people love watching other people get scared of people doing pranks on others. And, and I thought, that really breaks down the trust in one another, doesn't it? Because it comes to a point where if people continue to do the same thing over and over, then trust begins to break down. That's why in relationships, if you constantly lie... Trust is out the door. If you are consistent in not keeping your word, then there's a lack of trust. Because people trust more of our character and nature than they will with our words. And I thought about that, that if we trust one another with our character and nature, not just with words, then why don't we do the same with God? Why don't we trust God in His character and His nature? Why don't we trust God in His proven track record rather than what's happening in our lives today? See, God's character and His nature is unchangeable. It's who He is. But here's the dilemma. If we can't trust God, then we will manufacture our own life. We will build our own lives. We will try to make up our own good news. You know, we're in this series talking about God's good news. We're not looking at the world's news. We're looking at God's good news. The world will broadcast a lot of bad news, but God says, I am the God of good news. But if we can't trust God, then we will manufacture our own good news. Actually, what we'll do is we'll justify our actions and trust God only in His character, what God does. Not in His nature, in who He is. We'll trust God's forgiveness and grace when I sin, but not to the point where I actually change. I've lived my life that way for a season. That I'd say, no, I, I trust God, I believe in God, I love God. And then when God says, okay, here's what you're doing that, are, that is not pleasing to me, you need to change that, I would say, ooh, I, I, I trust you to a certain point. It's like how we saw in that video. We, we see Christ. We love Christ. We understand God's word. But when he says, okay, I want you to fall. And I'll catch you. Then I won't. Because I just don't want to. And so we live a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. But we still so-called love God. We still say we trust God. But trust is really proven by what I'm willing to do with what God has said based on who He is and based on His character, His nature, that I trust Him in everything that He is. And when He asks me to do something, that's when I'm going to find out if I trust God or not. And when He says something that I don't want to do, then my trust is really tested. Easy to tr trust God or easy to obey God when I want to do something. Easy to obey Him. That's more like agreeing with God. Obedience is when I don't want to and God says so. Before Heidi and I were married, you know, we began coming to church and, and uh, we were living together and, and, and we, we read in God's word and we heard God speak that we were to get married because we're living together, we're sleeping together. And so God said, that's not my way. What you're doing is not right. And I said, oh boy, so what do we need to do? And he says, either you move out and stop having sexual relations with your, with your girlfriend right now or you get married. And I was like, 
Is there any other options? He said, oh yeah, you have many options. But do you want my promises? Or do you want to manufacture your own good news? Either you're going to follow me or not. That's pretty much what it came down to. And with all the love and grace that God has given to me, I came to the realization that He gives me His grace so that I can obey Him. He doesn't give me His grace so I continue living in my own sin, continue to lie, continue to cheat and steal. That's not why He gave me His grace. He gave me His grace so that I can obey Him. He gave me the freedom to choose to do what is right. Many times we take advantage of that and God says, I have good news for you. I have great news for you. That There are promises, but it's up to you if you want to see them come to pass. You know, sometimes our trust in God is based on what we see rather than who He is. There's a man by the name of Isaiah who was one of the prophets in the Bible. And Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets in Jewish history and, and is one of the most powerful models in the Bible. And what it means to be a man to live after God, uh, God's character, God's, God's moral values. And he was one of those guys that was consistent in his lifestyle. That when he spoke something and when, when he received from God and when he lived out his life for the ways of God, it was consistent. It wasn't an up and down kind of thing. It wasn't where he was inconsistent to where people couldn't even trust what he said. He was consistent in everything that he did. His uncompromising convictions and his clear vision drove him to continue speaking the word of God. And speaking the word of God to a point where people could understand that this guy is a man of character. Therefore, what he is saying is of God because there's a track record. How often, even as Christians, sometimes we'll say certain things, but we'll do different We'll say one thing in front of people, but we'll live a different lifestyle behind the scenes. We say we love God, but behind closed doors, we hate people. And God says, how can you love me if you hate the people I love? And so we live inconsistent lives, and God says, hold on. If you want to get back to trusting me, something needs to be consistent. And it all comes back to who God is, because He is consistent. If I try to live my life on my own, it's not going to work out. I'm not going to trust God. Because I'm trusting in myself. And Isaiah came to the people of Israel because they were doing that very same thing. In fact, they were setting up these shrines and Asherah poles, which were gods. They were setting up their own uh, worship centers all across Jerusalem. And so Isaiah had to come in and say, wait a minute, what you guys are doing is completely off. You're now worshiping yourselves, not the God who created you. So Isaiah comes in and he speaks to the people with such conviction because he trusted in God. And the people, some of them received it. Some didn't. Some refused to. Some said, oh, I believe in God. Okay, then you need to stop doing this. Oh, well, up until a certain point. Only when it's convenient. If it feels good to me, I'm going to go for it. But if God says to stop, I don't know if I'm going to. And yes, we have our sinful nature. Yes, we're still human. Yes, we still have our flesh attached to us. But God is so much greater than our flesh. He's so much greater than our heart to go astray. He's so much greater than the lack of strength that we have. He has the ability. He has the strength to help us with every single part of our lives. But the question is, do we trust Him? Here's how Isaiah puts it. And you can open your notes, uh, open your bulletin, and there's some notes in there. But Isaiah 30 verse 1 tells us this. And this is Isaiah speaking. And Isaiah says, Woe to the rebellious children. Kind of sounds like parents speaking to us when we were kids. You rebellious child. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, and who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. You know what the Lord is saying? I, I want to cleanse you. I want to do something good in your life. But because of this sin, it's blocking me from working in your life. You have to trust me with this one. That... When you stop this or when you start loving me more so that you have the strength to do away with whatever it is that's blocking my promises, once that's done, oh, the floodgates of heaven will pour out. It says, otherwise, you'll devise your own plans. You'll, you'll, you'll not receive from me. You'll hear me, but you won't receive from me. And you will just add sin upon sin. That's what will happen. And then after a while, he'll say, okay, we got to pull back some layers. 
Because there's sin upon sin. See, we can all learn to trust God by learning some key truths about God Himself. And the first thing is this, if you're writing some notes, that God's nature and character are not like mine. His nature in who He is, it's not like who we are. His character, what He does, it's not like how we do things. It's, it's so much different. We see the here and now. But God sees the ultimate goal. He sees... He sees our potential. For us, we're driven by circumstances, but God is driven by His vision and His plans for us, for our tomorrow. He's driven by His purpose. He's driven by who He is, not in who we are. We're limited in our perspective of our own abilities, but God is unlimited in His abilities and in His perspective. He is endless. See, we're swayed By the losses today, God stays the course by seeing the future outcome. We're we're such, we're we're fickle people. We we ride on emotion rather than God's truth and who God is. Therefore, we don't trust in God because we follow our emotions. God says, that's not how I operate. My character and nature is not like yours. Therefore, you should trust in me. Better to trust in God than in man. And when we trust in God... And He gives us His ability. He gives us His strength because now we're not operating on our own strength, what we can see. But we operate on His strength, what we cannot see. Therefore, when we fall, He carries us. He catches us because of the things that He does and who He is, His character and His nature. See, we want the immediate for ourselves. God wants the ultimate for us. He wants the ultimate promise. He doesn't just want to take care of us to nurture us. He wants to fulfill the promises that He's given to us. He wants to see us thrive because of the potential He's given to us. Isaiah 29, excuse me, 28 verse 29. It says, All this wisdom comes from the Lord Almighty. The plans God makes are wise and they always succeed. They always, what? Succeed. Do our plans always succeed? Date night is hard to plan and succeed. Heidi, where do you want to go to eat? Up to you. Okay, let's go eat Ken's. I don't want to eat Ken's. You just told me to pick the place. Okay, how about if we go and eat Nori's? Well, I'm tired, so what if we go eat this other place? I said, you know what? Here's, here's a better plan. How about you pick the place? She says, no, 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 no. You should pick the place. I said, I did twice. It's something as simple as that sometimes doesn't go according to plan. But God says, my plans always succeed. We can trust in Him because His plans always succeed. And if you read throughout the Bible, if you're reading your devotions, we're in the book of Isaiah right now, there's not one time that God did not come through. Even when the odds were against God's people. Remember when Moses came to the Red Sea? The odds were against them. You had the the army coming at them, the Egyptian army. They were freed from slavery. They come to the Red Sea and they're... The people are like, oh, Moses, what now? Look, we're going to drown. Or the Egyptian army is going to come and take us out. Why should we follow? You said that God said to do this. Now what? It's like Moses was stuck. But he didn't trust in himself. He trusted in God's plan. When you reach your Red Sea, then you will know if you're really trusting in God. When there's an impasse, when it's impossible, will you still trust in God to do the impossible of parting the Red Sea? That God can do the miraculous because you trust in Him that much. That you're willing to stand at the foot of the Red Sea to look behind you and see the Egyptian army coming at you and to say, God, that's not my concern. That's your concern. The battle belongs to you. I don't know how you're going to do this, but right now, I trust in you. And God said to Moses, just strike your staff. And He did, and the Red Sea parted. They didn't see that happen before. No one has. God does things you would never believe. But you've got to trust in Him. Whatever, wherever, whatever your Red Sea looks like, it could be in your marriage or your family, finances, whatever your Red Sea is, whatever it is that's blocking you from receiving God's promises to go from slavery with the Egyptians to enter the promised land of God, whatever it is, you've got to trust God. His, his character, His nature, his, his track record is impeccable. It is flawless. It's not one time God let down His people. 
This is how it says it in the New King, excuse me, in the King James Version in Isaiah 28, 29, the same verse, but it says it like this. This also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working. He's excellent in working, wonderful to do the extraordinary, to be beyond, beyond one's power, be difficult to do. That's what it means to be wonderful or counsel, which is advice and purpose. That God is able to do the difficult thing. He's able to give us the kind of advice that is difficult for us to do, but will succeed in the end. That He's excellent in working. That He's, he's able to, to do something great, to do great things with the wisdom or sound knowledge or success. In other words, when I trust in God's nature and character then I obey His counsel and wisdom which brings me success rather than the plans that I have for myself. That's when I trust in Him. See, we all do different things. We all do things different. Like a, a wife and a husband do things different. Just like how God does something different. He does things different than our ways. We all do things different. The Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes we don't trust in God because we don't understand His ways. Therefore, we back out rather than trusting in Him and obeying Him. But we all do things differently. Husbands and wives, we do things differently. Heidi would tell me when our kids were young, you know, she would be busy doing something and she would say, Sheldon, can you help? The kids are, you know, they're, they're misbehaving in the room. And I would say this, guys, listen to your mom. That was my correction. Heidi said, no, you need to go in there and talk to them. I said, they heard me. She would want me to go in there and sit down with them and speak with them. And then if they were misbehaving or they were fighting, she would say, Sheldon, can you go get the kids? And I would say, what are they doing? And then she would say, well, they're fighting. You need to go and help and correct them. And I will say, ah, oh, they'll be fine. After they fight a long time, they'll be tired and they'll be done. I do things differently. She does things differently. Heidi wants me to resolve the matter. It's almost like she wants me to go in there and, and fix the situation. We want more like explanations. Why do you want me to go in there? They'll be fine. We want explanations. Men and women do things different. And God says, I do things different than you do. Sometimes we want all the explanation from God. We want everything to make sense. We want God to show us everything that's going to happen. Then we'll say, okay, now we trust you. That's not trust. It's not trust at all. In fact, if God were to show us everything that was supposed to happen in our life, of all His promises, we wouldn't even be able to contain it. We would be more fearful of that than trusting and obeying Him every step of the way. See, we all believe that our way is the best way, but the truth is God's way is the best way. Here's the second thing. God's plan is better than my plan. It is so much better than our own plan for ourselves. His plan is the best. You can't top God's plan. His plans always succeed. See, God's plan for the Israelites was for them to be a great nation that would represent Him. But then they were enslaved by the Egyptians because of their numerous population and influential impact. And so Pharaoh of Egypt said, you know what? We've got to enslave them. Otherwise, they're going to take us over. And so they are in, sla in slavery. But in time, they were freed from the control of Pharaoh under Moses' leadership and was able to become this great nation by following God once again. By following God's plan once again. That they came back to God and said, okay, God, yeah, we, we disobeyed you, but, but we're going to follow you. Then came a time where they rebelled against God once again and tried to accomplish their own plans instead of God's plans. And Isaiah warned them. Isaiah 31 verse 1. He said, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. You know what Isaiah was saying? You're going back to your old ways. You're trusting in your old ways rather than moving forward into God's ways. That you're trying to rely on your own plans once again rather than to trust in God's plans. And I thought, wow, that's our track record. Our track record is to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And then we do for a little while and then we slip away. 
And then we come back to God when it's difficult. And then we slip away. Then we come back to God when it's, when it's hard and, and tough times. And then we slip away. And, and God, of all that time, is saying, Why are you trying to do your own plan? We've done this before. Your plans do not work. My plans work. My plans will always succeed. And it's us who stray from God. See, Egypt was the easy way out. That's what Egypt represented. But it was with the worst consequence. Slavery. They were freed. When I follow my own plan and not seek the Lord, then the end result is no matter how good I feel, no matter how successful I look, no matter if people agree with me, the end result when I don't look to the Holy One nor seek the Lord, sorry to say it, but the end result is slavery. I'm a slave to my own way. I'm a slave to my sin. I'm a slave to other people. And I don't even realize it because I'm not seeking God. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a slave. I'm free. I'm covered under God's love. I'm covered under His grace and forgiveness. I'm free. But you're still living under your own plan because you don't trust God to the point of making the tough decisions that would cause you to risk your own desires for your own lifestyle or the sake of your own uh, feel-good kind of thing. We, We don't risk those for the desire to serve Him, to risk it all for His sake. We just say, well, I'll just stay in my own thing. And we don't make the tough decisions. It's like the prisoner who says, who was in solitary confinement for a long time, probably about a year. And finally he was released from solitary confinement into the general population. And he came out saying, I'm free. I am free. Just then the guard says, yeah, good, great. Now go carry those rocks. We may feel like we're free. We may feel like, oh, I'm free. No, I'm covered under God's grace, His love and forgiveness. I'm free. And the devil says, yeah, good, now go carry those rocks. You may be free from solitary confinement, but you're still in prison. You're still under imprisonment. That we're really not free because we're living a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. We're actually only free to pick our own gloves to carry the rocks. Oh, the devil will have all the gloves set out. He'll say, oh, you can pick whatever glove you want. You can take whatever hammer, whatever chisel you want. So put on the gloves, put the hammer, chisel on, go chisel away. He says, you're free to choose whatever you want to do. But we're still in prison. And God says, you got to trust in me. Because when you let go of your whatever it is, now you're free. You're free in me, not in your own plans. And if, you're, if we're trying to do our own plans, we're stuck in our own plans. Our plans only come to a certain point to make us seem like our life is good. And then we hit a wall and God says, I I have a better plan. I have a much better plan than the plan you have for yourself. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm free. I'm free from from financial setback because God provided for my job. Uh, He provided a job. Now I have some finances. And then God says, do you trust me? Yes, I do. Do you trust me with your finances? Yes, I do. Are you sure? Absolutely. Then give to me. I knew you was going to say that. But but I can't. I can't. Why not? Do you trust me? Yeah, I do. I trust you. Do you trust me with your finances? Yes, I do. Then I want you to cut your cable. Ah, I don't think I can do that. No, if you cut your cable, you'd be able to give to me. Ah, I do trust you though. I trust you. You're providing for me. I trust you. Do you trust me? Yes, you do. Yeah, I, I trust you. Okay, then sell your brand new car and get a cheaper one so that you don't have those high monthly payments. Ooh, I don't know if I can trust you that bad. See, God, the, 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 the reason why I have this new car is because I don't want to break down with an with a, with a older used car. Do you trust that I'm going to carry you home? I do trust you. Then you can settle with something less then. Yeah, but, 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 but my kids. My kids love this car. My kids love it. So... And, and it's much safer. It's much safer. Do you trust my protection? Yes, I do. Then can you scale back a little? Yeah, I can, but, but what if I cut all these other areas? Okay, what about cutting your shopping? Oh, I need new shoes. Well, how many shoes do you have? I don't know. I never count. Go home, count your shoes. Yeah, but my feet growing. At age 40, yes, I'm still growing. 
Everything that I just gave you is what God did for me. When we're struggling financially, and we never gave to God, He says, can you cut this? Can you cut this? Can you cut this? And it was the hardest thing to do. You try and have favorite TV shows, and then God says, okay, cut your cable. You have favorite programs, and then God says, okay, I want you to trust me with your finances, so give to me. And when I said I couldn't, he says, you can, you just don't want to. And when he said that, he was right. He was absolutely right. I couldn't even get a cell phone because I was giving to God. My wife Heidi didn't have a cell phone for a long time. And her friends would petition me and say, you need to get Heidi a cell phone because we can never get in touch with her. And I said, how about... You guys all chip in, and you guys buy her a cell phone, and once a month, you pay the price. It's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I said, well, why, why are we going to buy something that we cannot afford? That, to me, was foolish. But once God said, do you trust me with your finances? My test was when I gave it to him in my tithe. And I'm not here to tell you to tithe. I'm here to say, trust God. I'm here to let you know that God can be trusted. Ever since we gave to God, again, it was a Red Sea that I couldn't explain what would take place after that, but He parted it. He did amazing things and He still does amazing things. And I make a whole lot less than I used to. I cannot explain it. I don't know how He does it. All I know is God can be trusted in every area. But that's the thought. Can I trust God in every single area? Then I, I can say, I'm free, I'm free. I'm free from that relationship. Yeah, but now I'm in a worse relationship. Or I'm free from that guy, from that girl, but now you put yourself in another situation. It may not be as bad, but maybe it's the beginning of heading towards a bad situation. We say, I'm free, but we're just in a different kind of situation, another unhealthy one. Or we say, I'm free, I'm free. So-and-so forgave me for what I did. But we're still doing what we've been forgiven for. And we're actually not free. Or we say, I'm free. I'm free. Because God forgave me. But I still do things that are not pleasing to God. i got to be able to go back to God and say, God, your plans are so much better than my plans. I trust in you. The true test will be if I obey God with the difficult things. And here's the last thing. Trusting God requires doing difficult things. Trusting God, it it requires doing difficult things. This is a tough message for all of us today. But it is the best one because God is full of good news. And some of us, in order to receive God's good news, we got to do the difficult things. In order for you to be a champion in any sports, you got to do the difficult things. A champion is not made during the game. A champion is made behind the scenes during practice. And after practice. If they just do the bare minimum, they're not going to be a champion. But if they do the difficult things, they become a champion as a result of doing the difficult things. You and I are challenged to do the difficult things. But listen very carefully. It's difficult for us because we don't see what God sees. But if we can tap into the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, to understand that He did the most difficult thing so that we could see the promises of God. That He did the most difficult thing by dying on the cross for you and I so that we could have this relationship with God so that we can go through difficult things to see the promises of God. See, difficult things are only difficult when we don't trust God. When we trust in Him, it doesn't become that difficult. You know why? Because God takes care of what is difficult for us. That even though it may be stressful or it's a heavy burden, that God says, do you trust me? Yes, I trust you. Then are you willing to do the difficult things? Yes, I am, absolutely. And God says, okay, I'll give you the strength, the ability, and all the wisdom you need so that it succeeds because it's not your plans. It is my plan. And my plans always succeed. So God tells us, that's His word, that's His promise. When we do what is right, even though it's difficult now, the reward at the end is exponentially greater in the end. That I'd rather do the difficult thing now and receive 
all of God's promises for my life rather than to squeeze by and just live life only under God's love and grace, which will always be given. That's unchanging. But I can change God's promises for my life. That He has it all set out, ready to go. But I got to be willing to do the difficult things of letting certain things go so that I can receive His promises. Sometimes we say, but I can't trust God because she did this or he did this. This person said this. This person did that. This happened to me. See, people break trust with us and we break trust with people, but God is the, the one whom we take it out on. When it should be God is the one that we're trusting, regardless of what people do and what people say, that we can always be assured that God is unchanging. We can try it on our own and try and gain everything, but in the end, we lose. That's what the book of Mark tells us, Mark 8, 35 through 37. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, I want us to read this together. It's on the screen or in your notes. And we're going to read it together. Ready? Go. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I've seen many gifted and talented people. Many people who have potential. Squander and waste their potential and forfeit their calling in God. Because they were unwilling to do the difficult things unwilling to give up sinful behavior and forfeit God's calling on their life for a temporary feel-good justificational behavior. That I'd rather live in this rather than receive all that God has promised for me. All the potential that God has put inside of us. He says, I want to release that. And we actually tell him, I don't want you to. He says, but you don't see what I see. Yeah, but I, I want to live like this. this is, I, I will justify my behavior and live like this. And I know you'll still love me. You still have your grace on me. But I choose this rather than what you see. It almost like breaks the heart of God to see. But don't you realize your potential? That you're willing to settle for second best. You're willing to settle for slavery in Egypt than for my promises. And we're actually okay with it sometimes. We'll say, yeah. We may not say that to God. We may not go to God and say, God, I'd rather be a slave to sin and my own plans than your promises. We may not say that to God, and I don't think we do, but I think our character and our nature shows it. We just live that way. And the, the difficult thing and the scary part is that we're okay with that. Isaiah speaks about it in Isaiah 50, verse 10. He says, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and, and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Many people don't trust God to let Him change them for the better. And because of that, take the Word of God to use it for self-gain rather than for God's very best. And, and we'll do the amens. We'll say amen. And we say, God, God will judge the people who are judging me. One of my pet peeves is when we have posters that says, God is my judge. Almost like saying... I can live however I want because God is my judge. I'm thinking, that's insane. That's insane. It's like saying, I have a million dollars to post bail, so I'm going to go to prison. Because I have a million dollars to post bail. I, but I'm going to live in prison for a little. I'm going to do that. You're not going to post bail for me. The million dollars will. So I can do whatever I want. That's kind of what we're saying by saying... God is my judge. And we're okay with that. And then we'll hear the word of God. We'll say, amen, amen to that, amen to that. And God is saying, wait a minute, I'm speaking to you. Sometimes I'll say, amen, because I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking, oh, I hope my son heard that. I hope Heidi heard that. Amen, God, yes. <laughs> wives, love your husbands just like Christ loves me. And Yes, wives, submit to your husbands. Amen. Amen, God. Praise the Lord. Heidi, you heard that? Yes, God. And I feel like I'm okay. God says, I want you to receive my promises. Yes, God is our judge. But that gives me no reason to say I'm fine with the way I'm going to live. Because that's a scary thought. To say, I'm going to live how I want to. That's displeasing to you, God. But you're my judge. 
Oh, I can live however I want. I can do whatever I want. But God, you're my judge. It's almost like God is, and he says it in his word, I am your judge. You really want me to judge you in your behavior? To me, that's a whole lot worse than people loving me enough to say, here's God's good news. Here's the direction for life. Here's what the Bible promises for us. And when we have a relationship with someone and we love them enough to say, here's the good news of Jesus Christ, that yes, he loves you. Yes, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But why live like this? Trust God in what he says. I'd rather, rather have it that way than to just stand before God and say, God, you're my judge, judge me. Because he will. And he has. But here's the beautiful side of God. He doesn't take his wrath out on you and he doesn't take his wrath out on me. You know where his judgment came? It came at the cross. The payment of his son's life. And I have the audacity to say to God, you judge me. You know what I'm saying? That your son deserved my punishment. Rather than saying to God, forgive me. I repent. I turn from my selfish ways, from my sinful behavior, and I turn towards you. Thank you for the grace of God, for the cross. That I can come before God And he won't judge me because I believe in Jesus Christ. He already judged us through Jesus Christ. And Christ paid the penalty for us. That's why I can trust God. I can trust in God because everything he said would come to pass, even his judgment on me. He said, someone needs to pay for your sin. Sin deserves death. The wages of sin is death. I can trust God because... He did what he said he was going to do. And he said, I'm going to put death, I'm going to put sin to death. And he did. And he put it all on his son. So that we would have a freed life. I am so thankful for God's track record for what he has done for all of us. That is God's good news. That he looks upon his son And his son says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And we can stand before God cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is a good God. He is a merciful God. And he is a loving God. And he has promises for us. And they they always succeed. 2 Corinthians 1.9, it says, In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Your situation, my situation can seem like it's dead, that there's no hope, that we're far from God. But God is able to even raise the dead. We can trust in God with whatever he says because he has proven himself. And when Jesus died on the cross, it could see it could seem like All hope was gone. That they couldn't trust God anymore because his son is dead. But we all know three days later, God raised him from the grave. It's almost like God is saying, what else do I have to do to prove that you can trust me? To prove that I love you. To prove that you you, you can put your life in my hands. That even in my hands, even if you were to die, I will bring you back to life. I will raise you back up that you will be with me forever in heaven, that you can trust me with your entire life from beginning to end, even until death. For some of us, it may be a, 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 maybe not a physical death, it may be a, a, a psychological death that I used to think this way, but now I die to that way. Now I think like how you think, God. I think the best for people. I think the best for my life. That you used to live this certain way, but I die to that, Lord, so that I can live for you. That I I used to be like this, but Lord, I am no longer like that because I am a new creation in you. I died to my old sinful behavior and now I live for you. I trust you that much. 
that I will fall back even when I don't see you because I trust you that much. See, we can only trust God because of what Christ has done for you and I. He's proven himself time and time again. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. It says, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. I can't think of a more beautiful passage in the scriptures than to say we can trust God through Jesus Christ. If you have a hard time trusting God, go back to the cross. Go back to what Jesus did for you and I. And I guarantee you'll begin to trust God because you will see that there is good news right after there's a death. Because with God, whenever there's a death, there will always be a resurrection. Amen. Close your Bibles and put away your notes. I'm going to call Arnold to the piano. We're going to pray together and trust God for the impossible. I love the story of this uh, father and son who was at home and they're awakened by the smell of smoke. And as the father headed out towards his room, he noticed that his door was hot. So he couldn't get out of his door. And so he climbed out of his bedroom window. He was on the second story. And, and so he just hung down and dropped to the ground, realizing that his son was still in there. And he's calling out for his son. And he's running around the entire house calling for his son. Finally, he sees his son on the back patio roof. It's not too high up. But the smoke is coming out from the bottom and he's looking up and he's seen his son and he's, he's calling out for his son. He's saying, son, you got to jump. Daddy will catch you. And his son is saying, but dad, I, I can't. I'm scared. I'm afraid. And his dad says, you got to jump. I can catch you. I will catch you. And his son says, but dad, I'm afraid. I, I don't... I can't do this. He said, you can. You just got to jump and I'll catch you. Just like how we do at the pool, just like how we do at the beach, I'll catch you. And his son said, but dad, I can't, I can't because I can't see you. His dad said, it's okay, son. You're perfectly fine because daddy can see you. You jump and I'll catch you. And I think for many of us, we have a difficult time trusting in God because we don't see Him. That God says, here's what my Word says. And I know you've been digging deep into my Word. I know you've been doing your very best to trust in me. All you need to do now is jump. And we say to God, but I don't see the possibilities. I don't see you. I don't know how this is going to work out. And He says, it's okay. Because I see you. I see the possibilities. You jump and I'll catch you. And that is a guarantee because my plans always succeed. He is the God of good news and he has proven it in his character and his nature. And that's the God we're going to pray to right now. Would you bow your heads with me? To the God of good news, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of Israel, To the God who has given us his one and only son in Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one. To the God who loved us so much that you were willing to come to this earth to pay the price for our sin. To the God who judges us fairly with an unconditional love. to the God who sees our future. We pray to you today to help us to trust in you that even when we don't see you, we would trust in you, that we would trust in your word, what your word says and who you are and your character and your nature rather than who we are, what people say, what has been done to us. We put our trust in you. You have a proven track record. So help us to trust in your track record, your character, your nature, and your abilities, your strength, and your wisdom. Lord, I know that there are some today 
that maybe they don't trust in you because something happened in the past or maybe they're going through a dark time of their lives. Maybe they've never given their lives to you. I pray right now that they would feel that tug on their heart that is drawing them closer to you. And if you're here this morning and you've never given Jesus your heart, you've never trusted wholeheartedly unto Him because of whatever took place in your life or just just fear itself, I want to pray with you. And if, if you're here today and you're saying, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm not going to ask you to stand or to do anything that will embarrass you. But I, I'm just going to ask if you would lift your hand just for a, a moment, just to say, I want to receive Jesus into my heart. If that's you this morning, could you just lift a hand just real briefly so I can see it, and we'll pray together. Good. Anybody else? You're saying, I want to give Christ my heart. Good. 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 God sees your hands. Good. You can put your hands down, and we can all say this prayer together and just mean it with all of our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I give you my life. I trust you with every part of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave. I believe in you and I trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, that's our prayer. Our prayer is just to trust in you. I pray for all of us, even as Christians, Lord, that we would put our trust in you. And whatever capacity, it may not be living in sin or doing something of a a displeasing behavioral pattern unto you. It just may be with our family that we're afraid sometimes. Sometimes our, our children are away from home. And as parents, sometimes we don't, we don't see them and, and we, we got to trust in you for your protection and your care. So help us today, Lord, to trust you with every area of our lives, with our marriages, with our families, even at our jobs. I pray for us financially, Lord, that we don't belong to the world's economy. We belong to your economy. And your economy always succeeds. But we got to do it your way. I pray, Lord, that as we trust in you, we would make those tough decisions. Because in the end, we will see the good news that comes from you. We thank you for being that kind of God to us. It's in your name that we pray. We all said, Amen.